The presenting sponsor of Moon Tower Soccer is FVF Law. To find out what makes FVF a different kind of injury law firm, you can visit FVF.law. Hello, friends, and welcome to Moon Tower Soccer. My name is Mike Craniola. Hey, everybody, I'm Jeremiah Bentley. I got in trouble for not like using my can line last week, so I feel very weird about that. But yes. No, I know, and I just messed it up because I did my canned swoon tower line that I usually do with Steph. Uh, should we start over? No, it's okay. We'll just, like, keep, <laughs> just leave it. The show's gonna Great. the show's gonna go the way it's gonna go. For those of you listening, Mike is in Florida and an hour ahead of all of us in Austin, so he's gonna have a late night. But yeah, I know the gonna, future. Yeah, this week we're gonna cover some Austin FC news. We're gonna speculate about uh, who Austin might sign as free agents, and then Alex Franco from Mix ninety four seven will be at the end of this show. But we just recorded an interview with him, sort of about his conversion to Austin FC fandom, which was a really fun interview. Yeah, super excited for y'all to hear that one. It's a really good one. Uh, almost like almost Swoon Tower content as far as the uh, the heartstrings are concerned. So if you're a Swoon Tower fan, you're going to really love this one. Jeremiah, uh, yes. we have a breaking update from last week's show. We do have a breaking update from last week's show. I don't even remember the context for this other than I have to eat something gross. Yeah, uh, Micah okay. Burton did end up on the bench for the U-17s in the uh, the World Cup there. And we were not sure if he was going to be healthy or not, so we did a little friendly wager. What is something gross for you? Well, I I think this is maybe fairly common knowledge. Maybe you know it, maybe you don't. Jello is disgusting. I will never eat Jello in any form. Won't take a Jello shot. Really? I, uh, like I like it makes me want to barf the second that I I, I like I don't, you can't even crunch down on Jello. I don't even know what Jello does. The second <laughs> that like disgusting ooze like it moves does around uh, inside my mouth. I don't know what it's doing, but it's yeah, it does this. Awful. It does. Oh yeah, that. Oh god, even the sound. No, it's <laughs> terrible. Yeah. Uh, so it will be Jello like, but it won't be Jello. I won't do that to you. Okay. Uh, you know, good. anything gross for me would have been something like totally normal because uh, I hate soups and I hate pasta. Really? Which are both insane things to hate, uh, but it's a texture. And like, to me, the food's going to get wet inside my mouth. I don't need <laughs> it to be wet before it goes in there. <laughs> That's fair. That's fair. <laughs> I like it. <laughs> Yeah, so the uh, like the Olive Garden, like never-ending pasta bowl with unlimited. Yeah, what a nightmare! On the side, yeah, not, not working for you. <laughs> what at a all. nightmare! Literal, literally nightmare on Elm Street for me. Uh, hard pass. Oh well, we've learned so much about each other so far <laughs> <laughs> on this this second week of our show. So I don't. So I think I don't even know how we came up with this free agency topic. I don't know if it was an original idea of yours or if it was a question from a listener. So if it was a question from a listener, I don't remember who it was. So I will apologize in advance. But one of the yeah. things we're going to do is speculate on free agents that Austin FC might sign. Yeah, I think that it came out of the conversation we had around our depth chart. Remember, we were really sad. And yes. uh, I'm sure listeners also want to know your opinion on every MLS free agent. Like, as I'm looking across the status of that free agency list that the MLS PA put out, there's a lot of dudes on there that are option year guys that I'm way more interested in 
than the FA guys. I think that's, yeah, there's no doubt about that, which means some of these people we're going to talk about, some of these guys we're going to talk about are probably going to have their option picked up, right? And so Almost guaranteed, to, yeah. yeah. The, the good ones, right? <laughs> yeah, any, any of the good ones are going to be players who <laughs> are on teams who are still in the playoffs, so they haven't had to decide about whether to pick <laughs> options up yet or not. And so that leaves us with the ability to to select them um, among our top free agents. So yeah, uh, just as a reminder, so teams are submitting roster decisions as soon as now as they're knocked out. Everybody has to inform the league by December 1st. Free agency starts on December 13th. Um, and usually, like Austin's history is, the second free agency is open. They, they're ready to make a bunch of announcements. So deals are going on now. Um, we didn't really talk about a format. Do you want to talk about needs or guys or how do you want to do this? Yeah, so I think first we should set the kind of solidify the conversation we were having about the depth chart, right? Uh, what to you is our number one biggest need this offseason? Number one biggest need this offseason for me are full backs. Okay. In as much as we only have two on the roster, three if you count Owen Wolf. If you have picked, yeah, if you have picked fullback, then I am going to pick striker as the next position of need. I think that's a pretty safe choice. (laughs) The annoying thing about my position of need is that it has been true since day one of this club. (laughs) Right, right. With multiple fairly highly compensated strikers all trying and failing in that position to with yeah in 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 varying degrees but mostly really bad and the best the best news about this is that on this free agency list jeremiah there is a whole slew of over 30 strikers making <laughs> more than seven hundred thousand dollars so that is in the square of people austin fc has been interested in so i've got a few names for that um is there another position of need that you were looking at across free agency besides uh, fullbacks and strikers? Um, I think there's there's a couple players that are just like good enough. It doesn't matter. And I think we both have one of them on our list, which is probably one of the guys who get an option picked up. Um, and then this is also going to be like specific to a player, but I mean, I think there's some assistance that's needed on the wing too. At some point, it's just not quite as important as the first two spots. And Austin only has so much money to go around. Yeah. Yep. I agree with that. So let's get into some of the, some of the picks at fullback, since we have agreed that you got to go first, which makes that pressing, pressing need number one. Oh, I get to go first. Uh, Yeah. Who's on, who's your top fullback option? Uh, on the free agency list this year? Uh, well, my top fullback option on the free agency this li- list this year is probably a club option player. I don't have it. I did not write those down on my list. I don't know if you did or not. Um, oh, no, he is. Okay, Diego Palacios from LAFC on $540,000, 24-year-old left back, um, is not a club option, I don't believe. Started yeah. 31 games, played 2,700 minutes this year for a club that's in the Western Conference Finals. Like, good age profile. Starting for a team that's a lot better than Austin FC. Like, he would be my <laughs> number one option. He's um, a great he's probably going to get a big raise from $540,000. So, I think if, like, it, that becomes the one marquee signing of the offseason if he is the pick. 
Yeah, uh, he is also on my list for fullbacks. The thing I like about him is he's already a left back. So that would let us move John Gallagher to the right where, you know, being right footed uh, might benefit him. My, I think my pick for a fullback is potentially a little controversial. It's a little spicy of a pick. And that is Griffin Dorsey from Houston. Uh, yeah, Griffin, okay. so explain that. Yeah, Griffin Dorsey is on 150000 and guaranteed compensation. And he is 24 this year. So he's young, he's cheap, and he plays for a rival. Uh, so by weakening a rival, we are bettering ourselves in not only MLS, but also Copa Tejas, which to me, as you all know, is the absolute most important trophy of the year. <laughs> Absolutely. The most important. Yes. The thing that matters to everybody, for sure. Certainly to me, it is the it is the like bare minimum requirement of a good season is to win Copa Tejas. And so having Griffin Dorsey makes Houston less likely to win and us more likely to win. Worst case scenario to me is that we get into a little bit of a bidding war and Houston has to pay more for him, which lowers their uh ult- like their ultimate flexibility, right? So to me going after Griffin Dorsey is a win-win. And you're not going to touch this note that you wrote about him being replacing Kippy Surfer here or were you just saving, saving him for something else? Yeah. Yeah, I so I didn't want to get too Swoon Tower on this, but he does have uh, a you know that blonde uh, tied back longish hair. So we would have new surfer hair on the team, which, as you know, is an, another important intangible that a player can bring to to the squad. Right, and uh, the last time Austin signed a fullback from Houston. Uh, d- don't worked, worked <laughs> don't really, do this. really well. Don't let's, do this to me again. Let's do that again. <laughs> All right. Is there any other? How about other other fullbacks you're interested in? We we can pick a couple more names. Yeah, I think uh, I think the name on everyone's tongue right now in that wingback or fullback position is Julian Gressel, right? Uh, I know he plays a lot in the midfield, but also has typically been kind of known as a two-way up and down the field player. He's very expensive, Jeremiah, and he's 30. He is. I'm surprised so uh, yeah, he's on 884 right now. This is according to the MLSPA numbers. Yeah, four goals and six assists last year. Yeah, he's 30. One I don't I was going to say I don't know if he's 30 right now, but I know that he, he will, will be, be 30. 30. Yeah, he will be 30 before the start of the season. Uh those are the ages that I put down in my little spreadsheet here. So, do you think he's a player whose salary is increasing still, though? I mean, do you think, Austin, is there a chance that... I mean, he was really good this year. still really good, right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> he certainly won't come cheaper than he was this year. And then, that, this is one of the guys that I believe you put a little thing out uh, on social media today about who people might want. Julian Gressel seemed like a fairly common name. Yeah, he was a, among- he was a popular choice of, of folks out there. Um there were a couple there were a couple of shouts for him, uh, which makes sense. He's really good and he's well known. And I think in MLS to be well known, that puts you in kind of an upper echelon of pay that we might not have the space for. 
Right, right. Well, that's the other. So I was watching the LAFC game. Was that last night? Mm-hmm. And uh, it's amazing how many guys LAFC has that are oh like people you've heard of, just like on the on the face of things, like everywhere, like people you know coming off the bench. There's like oh, there's Ryan, <laughs> you know, there goes Ryan's Holl- Ryan Hollingshead, and here's somebody else has played for you know ten years in the league. That's everybody else. Like Kellen Acosta is not starting every. To speak of somebody who's on both of our lists, like is not starting yeah. every match. Like the depth that they have is incredible, especially when you compare it to kind of what what we have and know in Austin. Yeah. Uh, Kellen, speaking of Kellen, uh, is going to be 28 at the start of next year, uh, playing that central defensive midfielder role uh, on 1.25 this year, will be a free agent. Uh, my notes for Kellen, just a drool emoji. <laughs> um, he's so good. And the consensus is that he would absolutely uh, just stroll onto the field and be our best midfielder. So like, is he going to get a free agent contract or a a designated player contract? Do you think he's got to be close to it? I would think, or, I mean, is, is, is we've seen his Europe talk on and off. Like is now the, yeah, he's going to go. He's got to go now. Right. Yeah. He doesn't have a choice to to put it off later. He's 28. Right. So Yeah. yeah. I don't know. Uh, it'll be interesting, interesting to see where he goes. He is a Texas boy, so we do have that uh, allure if he wants to be closer to home. But I don't know. I don't know I don't that know Austin is going to happen. Yeah. yeah, I don't know that Austin is his destination. Unless, you know, uh, maybe Alex Ring moves and we need a new Max Tam DP. That could be, you it know, could that be. could be. But... I don't think it's very likely. I don't think that's something we should count on necessarily. <laughs> no, certainly not. Yeah. Well, another guy I had on my list before I went and looked salary up was Richie Larea, who's mm. a free agent, but on 1.4 million. Yeah. Who also likely will end up getting that DP contract. So no to Richie Larea, I think, <laughs> among yeah. the players. Did any, anybody, uh, I didn't have a lot of like under the radar. I guess the closest thing I had was John Nelson from St. Louis. who started 14 matches. He's like a supplemental roster player, made $160,000 a year, would probably be, would improve the Austin back line. That's breaking the bank. Yeah, I think uh, the least, the least popular pick on my list might be Sam Junqua from, or Sam Junqua from FCD, who is 27. He plays left back. Uh, he made 86000 this year, but he does have an option with FCD, and they are likely to pick that up. And so a lot of the a lot of the names that I'm most interested in are dudes with options, like uh, Andrew Gutman from Colorado. I couldn't believe he was available mid-year for that trade from Atlanta to Colorado, but when they made that move, I got a little bit hopeful that maybe they won't pick up his option because Colorado is a poorly run team. Uh, so fingers crossed they stay poorly run and do not pick up his option. But yeah. Well, how about let's go on to the your your number one position was striker. Yep. Um, and I think the thing that we talked about before we started recording is it costs a lot of money to get a guy that's any good that's going to score goals, and uh, people tend to hang on to those players for as long. My as list. My list looks like it costs a lot of money to get guys who aren't very good. <laughs> and so to get guys who are very good uh, would cost even more a lot of money. I do have two names for you that seem 
square inside Austin's target box. And so uh, how do the names Diego Rubio and Michael Barrios sound to you, Jeremiah? Those sound like players I've heard of. Those so they like are names I know. They are both strikers who will be 30 or older at the start of next season. Uh, both of them made over $650,000 last year, which means typically those are the types of dudes that were uh, unfortunately historically tied to. Yeah, and both those guys scored, what, four or five goals last year, which also seems to be... Yep, a small handful of goals. But I will say about Michael Berrios, he is so fast still. And, like, at a certain point, right, if a guy cooks you every single time you play against him, signing him has to make you better, right? (laughs) Absolutely. Because he can't can't run past Julio Cascante anymore. That's right. (laughs) Only in training. (laughs) <laughs> and so that's my that I think is my best argument for signing Michael Barrios is that uh, he will only cook Julio in front of us if we go to training. And then, um, so do you? That's not really like a ringing endorsement, Mike. Do you have, do you have? <laughs> who so, who is your uh, who is your prime striker candidate? I mean, they're none of them from this good. free agency list. From this free Jeremiah. agency list, I mean, yeah, Kai Kamara, even older, <laughs> is one guy that's on the list. Uh, I guess the best uh, prospect I could find was Danny Masovsky. Okay, uh, it's interesting to call him a prospect. He will be twenty-eight. He's twenty. Yeah. Okay. So he's twenty. Yeah. You know, he will be twenty-eight actually in a couple days. Yep. But compared to everybody else, he's relatively young. That's true. And cheap. Scored, scored five goals last year. And he's cheap because he's, I think he's still on the supplemental for RSL, if I remember right. Yeah. So five goals, four assists last year. Played for LAFC. He's not like amazing, but uh, the roster spend to production thing makes me, gives him, makes him the best candidate of the group of people we talked about for me. Yeah, along those same lines, uh, my pick of this very thin uh, free agency list is Justin Rennix from the New England Revolution, a 24-year-old striker who made $125,000 last year. Uh, I don't watch a lot of New England games anymore, so I'm wondering what his deal is. Like, was he just not playing because New England had the reanimated corpse of Bobby Wood actually scoring goals? And then also the two DP strikers in front of him and Gustavo Bo and uh, Giacomo Veroni. Or was he not playing well because he just can't make that jump up from USL to, uh, you know, the first team? Ah, that's a good question. Yeah. Um, okay. So I, think that the message on this is maybe don't count on a lot from the free Austin agency fans from the free agency pool maybe probably, not yeah probably need to find other means of acquisition be it uh interleague trade although you're going to get basically the same value probably on interleague trades you would for free agency or somebody coming in from somewhere else yeah certainly on the striker front i don't know that we are going to make a big uh a big push from free agents i there are a ton of quality outside backs and so that is interesting. Um, 
I saw a few shouts for names that people know. And so one of those I wanted to call out was Fafa Pico. How do you feel about a potential Fafa Pico? Uh, would he would he be the next falls off a cliff dramatically player uh, to sign for Austin FC? Oh man, I feel like he might be. He's still he's still fast though. He's very like fast. He's, he's still he still has his speed. So this is not a uh, possibly a Jossie Zardes losing the one half step that he had left in him and not able to meet the ball anymore. Like he's still very fast, but. I mean, he's not been amazingly productive at any single point in his career either. But compared to some of the other guys, like, sure, he'd be fine. And then uh, there was that rumor on Instagram of Chicharito warming up in that or working out in that green shirt. Which is also his national team color. (laughs) (laughs) And sharing that, you know, uh, green looks pretty good on me. So how do you feel? How do you feel about a Chicharito Austin FC signing? We were linked with him back before we started the club. Oh yeah, Anthony Precourt went on some what was it like Chris Bill's podcast back when yeah. it existed, I think, and talked about him. I just he seems like he's still going to be very expensive and just old. Not old. Just not that productive <laughs> coming off injury. Very expensive. Like, yeah, this is not where I would invest my funds. Yeah, I looked at that list of names and I made a column that was uh, big names I don't want. And he was second on my list behind Carlos Vela. Uh, so I would agree with that too. Carlos Vela didn't even. Yeah, my, my list of names of guy included both the Seattle guys. Yep. Um, yeah, I don't Carlos want Vela. Nico Ladero coming to our team too old. <laughs> yeah, or Rui, Rui Diaz, right? Because he's had a contract yeah. too, I think. Also old. Yeah, also old. Yeah, or Carlos Vela or Chicharito. I'd say it's time to let that pass. Yeah. Uh, Darlington Nagby was a name that I've seen floated. Uh, he, I feel like we have Nagby at home, you <laughs> yes. know? Yeah. Uh, and again, 11 years younger. Yep. And so he's not on my list. I also would not like Kai Wagner on our team. Uh, speaking of outside backs who uh, are very productive, uh, I just don't think he's a culture fit for our team, especially after the uh, the recent allegations on field during the playoffs. That does not seem like a fit for our club or our culture. No, it does not. I agree with you. Um, one name that was available in the expansion draft that we have not talked about is uh CJ Sapong. CJ, yeah. I well, and I, I you know, because he is a name and I was sort of yeah. interested in him and went and looked at his looked at his production. Um and it's not very good either. No. Also old. Also old. Yeah, this seems to be a theme. <laughs> you know who's not I very... feel like we're seeing a trend here. You know who's not very good in young McKenzie Gaines, because I've also <laughs> seen his name from time to time. But he's only 25. He is only 25. Uh, he only made $100,000. And he only had one goal and one assist. So I think our club could aim a little bit higher for 2024. Yeah, I think so too. Well, is there any, are there any other guys that we left out? Look, we named a bunch of guys. Yeah, we named a bunch of guys. We talked about a bunch of guys. 
Um, they're all kind of a bunch of guys, except the people at the very top of the list that we're going to be competing with 28 other clubs. for. So we'll see how this goes in free agency. I really hope Roto has his uh, Roto decks fired up and ready to go for the start of free agency and international windows. Yeah, I think hopefully he knows better about who's going to come from. But this kind of gets to line. Like, I don't love spending a ton of time like talking about names of MLS guys because none were that exciting. And most of the, most of the good players are people we've never heard of. They're in South America or Sweden or Norway or somewhere that we'll be excited about when they come here. Um, one guy who may be coming back is Johan Romagna. Do you want Johan Romagna back? I want Ro- Johan Romagna's smile back. Uh, I'm not necessarily in love with this play. But, you know, I think making the 2024 smile bracket more interesting is uh, a pretty a pretty solid place on the roster for Johan Romagna. If he weren't yeah. making $460,000 to have a nice smile, uh, I would feel I mean, a lot better and, about it. And amazing quads, too. Like, let's not just leave it at, You're a, right. at a nice smile. Yeah. You're so, right. Yeah, this, these rumors keep swirling. I mean, we believe that he's interested in returning. I think this came, we are Austin TV posted. Uh, it was part of an interview from a reporter that talked about that Olympia wants Romagna back, but Austin's ask, asking price was too high. But also, this seems like the kind of thing that maybe somebody, an agent, would feed someone, which is sort of the impression I got out of that. Like, oh, he's so in demand. Like, you got, you're going to have to buy now. Um, yeah, it so- definitely feels like agent talk for, you know, um, lower your price so that we can like spend our money on other things, which I get. But also if we would use our buyout on him, would it be better to get more than zero? Yeah. I still think I would rather (laughs) get something for him and preserve that flexibility. Yeah. Yeah. And then another, so we talked about Alex ring last week a lot and is, is like automatic trigger. And somebody asked Phil West and Verde all day about the chances that Alex Ring would be back. And uh, Phil thinks it's about 40% chance he's with the club at the start of the year and about 15% he is the year in Austin based on nothing but a hunch. I was surprised by that. Like, I feel more confident that Alex Ring is going to be around the whole season than Phil does. I certainly think he'll be around at the start of the season more than 40%. Uh, I think I would be surprised if we carried him through the rest of the year. But I do think it would be weird if he didn't start the year with us. Although, like we talked about a minute ago, if we're trying to clear space so that we can sign Kellen Acosta to be the Alex Ring Memorial Max Tam DP, uh, then, you know, Alex Ring can't be here for someone else to fill that spot. (laughs) So it's and he's definitely an upgrade over Alex Ring right now. Um, not that there are many upgrades over Alex Ring, but I think... But you think this is one? I think that is one, yeah. Uh, what about you? What would you put your percents at? I would say 100% chance he's here at the start of the year and like 50-50 on, he's, on whether he's here after the window. And I think this is Phil's point. It is a little bit dependent upon if anybody comes calling for Owen Wolf or Danny Pereira. Or both, mm. um, because then you need the midfield depth, and maybe you're less likely to ship Alex Ring out than than you would have otherwise. 
Yeah, I honestly hadn't even considered that, right? Like if Owen has a breakout start of the season, he could very easily see himself moving to Europe before the end of the year. And then we would absolutely need to keep Alex Ring. Yeah, totally. Totally. All right. Well, well let's... you know, that actually uh, fills me with a little bit of positivity. And I think we can carry that through the through the ad break. What do you <laughs> okay, think? Okay, let's do that. Let's let's yes, that's right. Let's get this thing back on track. We'll take an ad break. We're gonna cover some more news. Um, and we'll we'll turn it around here for all in just a minute. Moon Tower Soccer is brought to you by our friends at FVF Law, the official injury lawyers of Austin FC. FVF is a different kind of personal injury law firm dedicated to community transparency and client education. And they sent my aunt, who's an FVF client, a very comfortable t-shirt to thank her for being a client last week. So they also know quality merch, which I always appreciate. Absolutely. Uh, the, the first thing I worry about with my personal injury law firm is how nice their t-shirts are. This puts me at ease, Jeremy. Now you got it covered. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I think I'm going to go to fbf.law to find out what makes FBF a different kind of injury law firm and why understanding my legal options can dramatically change the outcome of a case. Once again, that's fbf.law. Amplify Credit Union is a member-owned financial co cooperative that served the needs of Central Texans for over five decades. Amplify's team lives and works in the community, making them the experts on how members can achieve their financial goals. What makes Amplify different? No bank fees. Amplify is the first financial institution in Texas to put an end to bank fees. In 2022, Americans paid almost $8 billion in overdraft fees alone. Millennials pay an average of $336 a year in bank fees, which works out to six Austin FC game tickets. Per person, per year, you'll pay none of those bank fees with the Amplify Credit Union. Amplify membership is open to any Texas resident. Learn to trust your bank again at Amplify Credit Union. To learn more, go to www.goamplify.com slash moontower. And our premier sponsor, McGuire Woods Consulting, helps companies and nonprofits navigate the political process near and far from local from local Austin politics to state Austin politics to federal politics in Washington through lobbying, communication strategies, and general advocacy. With offices across the country and in 10 MLS cities, including Austin, Houston, and Dallas, McGuire Woods Consulting is solidly Verde and Black. Learn more about our friends at McGuire Woods Consulting at mwcllc.com. All right, let's cover some more Austin FC news. There's, yeah, news and speculation. Yeah, Actually, I was going to say this one. Let's do some part. speculation because let's that's do. the fun stuff. <laughs> Absolutely. So we've seen, I think, repeatedly rumors um, and even heard like on the uh, Burrell press conference that, that the league needs league needs more flexibility. But we saw another tweet this week from a guy that covers, I believe, the New England Rev Revolution about the coming of a fourth designated player in MLS as soon as the 2024 season. So that opens up like a world of speculation and interest. Yeah, the, the, the rumor I have heard about this is that it is going to a vote for the MLS board of directors at the end of the season who will either approve or decline that change uh, like before free agency starts. So if that rumor is true, we should find out in the next three weeks, which I think would be... Uh, it would make the rest of the offseason a lot more fun speculating about how we'll use it. 
Yeah, and this is so MLS, right? To just <laughs> this would be a huge change. Yeah. And and teams have been planning for this offseason for months. And then we're just gonna like there's the league's just gonna drop in this kind of thing on top of everybody, and we'll all figure it out as we go over the course of two weeks. But I mean, for me, it's like we we need it, right? Like this is for this league to be a top league in the world or even on the continent, like we need more high-end players, and this is the most obvious way to do it. It is certainly the fastest way to improve the product across the league dramatically, quickly, with a small change, right? Uh, adding a roster spot or like increasing roster spend um, is just, it. it's a, a, it's a no-brainer for like developmental quality, right? But B, unlocks the ability to sign a guy like Kellen Acosta to a big, a big contract, right. Or a Julian Gressel or a Richie Lorea, like these players who would otherwise have to go abroad because of MLS's rules can now stay within the league. So. Yeah, that's, yeah. that's, that's a great argument um, in favor of it. So is this just because Miami needs a fourth DP to, to bring Luis, <laughs> to bring Luis it, Suarez in, or is it, you think there's more to it than that? It does feel a little bit like Miami is the new LA Galaxy, right? Absolutely. It feels like Jorge Mas might have Don Garber on speed dial and he's like, hey, man, it's going to make it wild. Like, <laughs> but I, I mean, it's also, it's also like you have to strike while the light, while the iron's hot, right? And Messi coming to the league for everything else it's done has put a lot of eyeballs on MLS. And so it would be, it would behoove the teams and the league to try to capitalize on that right now and set themselves up for two years from now when Messi is fading, right? Yeah. And, and, and the rumor is that the, the numbers sort of behind the Apple TV's got signups and subscriptions and things have, have borne out that their interest in the league is growing. And one, you have to take advantage of Messi while Messi's hot. And two, this all comes down to 2026. And like, if this league is ever going to be a big thing in the world, like it's got to be in the next three years. And hopefully the owners have gotten the message that investing up front is smarter than like somehow waiting for the interest Magic. to get there to spend more money. Right. Yeah. Which seemed to be the way it was before. It's like, no, we're going to wait till we get more TV viewers and then we'll spend money. It's like, no, we have to spend, got to spend money to make money. Yeah. Scared money don't make money, right? <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, that worked out <laughs> great for that guy. <laughs> but uh, so one of the questions that I think comes up naturally, right, is, okay, this fourth DP spot, is it just going to be one of your 30 roster spots is now not just a senior roster spot, but DPable? Or is it going to be maybe we have 31 roster slots? What do you... I, I don't have any idea on that. I feel like the rosters just in general need to expand a little bit too, given if this again goes back to, to the press conference, like the number of competitions teams are in, you just don't have enough players. Yeah. So and I one, know... It's, it's got to be know, a senior spot for sure, yeah. right? Even if it's like, to, even we go just going for 20 to 21 senior spots would be an improvement. Like it can't be a fourth DP with... 16 non-DP senior spots, but also a little bit of roster expansion would be useful also. And I know the MLSPA is pushing for that. Ethan Finley recently, before the start of the season, was saying that rosters need to expand and salaries need to uh, need to grow. And so, like, 
having a member of the board like putting that out there at the start of the season and then seeing hearing these changes start to come one has to assume that like these conversations are ongoing right uh i know Absolutely. he's not just floating I, that out of nowhere right and i know listener uh and friend of you and myself brian mangum has said that he he has seen interviews with Don Garber where he let slip that a fourth DP is coming and roster changes are coming. Uh, personally, I hadn't seen it and I didn't do the, you know, the detective work to go find it. Uh, but you know, there is, there is the belief out there, whether, uh, you know, intentional or not that the soccer Don himself has kind of let slip some of this, some of these changes. Well, to close the Brian Mangum loop and this before we move on to the next topic a little bit, we also did not mention Breck Shea as a player that Austin <laughs> should look for in free agency. And fourth I feel like DP, we baby. We can't, oh, there you go. That's we'll tie it all together. Breck Shea, fourth DP. Everything is solved in Austin, and Brian is happy. Yeah. Uh, honestly, just for the photo shoot alone, that is worth <laughs> over $1.6 So why not? <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> Well, so you sent me another piece of news about a week ago about the expansion of the Superdraft player pool. And this is like actual news and not speculation, although we can speculate about what it means. So for the first time in league history, the list of players eligible for selection in the 2024 Superdraft will include college sophomores and juniors um, in addition to previously eligible groups. And they will be able to sign Generation Adidas contracts. So this greatly expands the uh, the player pool available. Like, how do you do you think this gives the Superdraft more relevance? I feel like it has to, right? In in the same way that academies are taking younger players, now it incentivizes younger players to also go get at least the start of an education. And so now there are more opportunities to join to join into MLS at a younger age before, you know, dropping out of school to become a USL player or whatever their other choices were, right? Um, so I definitely think that it will make the draft more relevant, whether it makes the draft relevant enough to like invest any sort of scouting into remains to be seen because for every, every Danny Pereira, uh, generation Adidas player, there is the Philip Mayaka who, uh, was supposed to be the guy. Yeah. Right. (laughs) thought you were going to say Kip Keller, but that would be kind of rude, right? Just yeah, yeah. I mean, and I, I still Danny, think... a Kip. Yeah, I was going to say, I still think Kip has the, has the physical tools and ability to, like, get things right with himself. Uh, I don't know that it could be here, but who knows? Yeah, and so, and the, so players who have eligibility who are on the list but don't get selected can return to school, so I would expect to see probably a lot more players going ahead and declaring. Yeah, I was going to say, I think a lot more names will be on the list. Um, Whether that waters down the classes, I guess we'll end up seeing, right? And and of course, for Austin, it's a lot more appetizing to draft a 19-year-old kid as MLS Next Pro filler than it would be to draft a 24-year-old senior or whatever. I was 24 when I graduated. It took me six years. I and doing the math in the back of my head, and I realize I'm not a normal uh, athlete. Like, but <laughs> Mike, you're you're an exceptional athlete in every way. 
I've, I've seen you play foot golf. I've never seen you climb boulders, but apparently you're pretty good at that. So. There is an exception to everything. So, uh... <laughs> but yeah, I think it'd be interesting to see how it develops. It makes me, uh, it reminds me a little bit of college baseball because that's the way, more or less, the way that the college baseball draft works. And it seems to have, like, the top end prospects don't still don't play college baseball, but like it, it's helped the relevance of the game, at, the sport itself, at that level. Yeah, to have like some talent and and the ability for people to showcase themselves in college as opposed to maybe just like you said going to USL or going to an academy like there's a path that maybe will help uh increase the depth of that game too so maybe it's good for everybody. Yeah. Uh I hope so because I I think the super draft is really fun. I think the the way that they mimic all the other like big sports drafts in America it makes it like so uniquely USA and so uniquely cheesy. Uh, it's one of my favorite days of the year. Yeah. And I feel like they do all that knowing that it really doesn't matter that much. <laughs> like we all know this is irrelevant. Well, we're going to make a big show out of any, out of it anyhow, because by God, this is America and this is what we do. Speaking of what we do, Jeremiah, you and I, what we do best is speculate. And so I'd like to get into some more rumors. Okay. So we have I want a rumor. Yeah. I want to talk about this new away jersey rumor. Yes. Well, we know we won't see it till February. I've seen cream and boring in the description, which makes me really <laughs> excited. <laughs> um, what have you heard about it? Have you seen anything more than I have other than like vague? You know, like I've seen it and it's amazing or I've seen it and it's terrible, which I think I've seen both of those. Yeah, I've seen the two takes of I've seen it and I really like it and I've seen it and it's fine. Um, and honestly, it's fine is probably okay, right? Because like the LAFC smoke jersey is terrible. I hate it. And it's so not what I want our team to ever wear. So I've seen it and it's fine. Makes me a lot more happy, right? Uh, How do you feel like, yeah, I agree. I was just go for boring. How do you feel about flared? Would you like a button? Would you like a collar? Would you like, do you like any of those things? I love a collar and I know I it's divisive. A I love a I collar. I hate a collar. I hate a collar. Okay. Why do you love uh, a collar? I just think they're, I think they're so, <laughs> it's so out of place, right? <laughs> nothing, nothing about a collared shirt says, okay, time to go run. And, <laughs> and yet here we are cheering for a sport where that's a totally normal like clothing option so like lean into it you know in the same way that in the 90s all the shirts were like mega baggy yes. like let's do that again <laughs> i don't oh, know man. i i really i i love a collar i love a button i love a like the more it looks like business casual wear the <laughs> yeah. funnier it is to me like if you could get a full button-up uniform like an old-timey baseball wool uniform uh i would be full in that's another thing about soccer too right every other sport in the world like the uniforms are the same right they all yeah the nfl everybody has a color they don't like the, every nba jersey like the actual physical design of the jersey is exactly the same like only in soccer does every team just do whatever <laughs> inspires them in whatever way. I love kind it. Of wild. Yeah. Um, what about you? Have... What is your what is your ideal away shirt? I have. I, I think about this a lot. Um, because I hated the white one. 
Oh, worse collar? collar, way worse. That collar is way worse than a collared shirt collar. You have to agree with that, right? Yes, yes. That one okay. was that that was that was a bad one. And it was like, like a even, faux collar. Yes, even this, even the the Sentimiento kit, which I love now. I did not. I was not in love with when it came out. So now I'm just. I mean, the fact that it had a moon tower on it probably had a lot to do with my <laughs> deciding I loved it. It's fair. Yeah. And if I, I got a call from the club, they're like, it has a moon tower. It's not your moon tower. I'm like, man, it kind of looks like my moon tower, but okay. It kind of looks like our moon tower. Yeah. It kind of looks uh, like our moon tower, but okay. I'm not going to say it's our moon tower. <laughs> um, so I don't know. So I think I'm with you. Like I will, I just something boring that I grow to love will probably be fine. I, I really hope, I really hope it's that leaked ACL kit that never came out. Oh man. The one with the squiggles down the chest. Oh, yes. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So cool. Like in the ACL colors. I love that shirt so much. I was so sad. It never like made its way onto the shelves. Uh, I really hope that or something like it is our shirt for next year. But I wouldn't expect it. (laughs) I wouldn't. I I, you know what? I'm expecting it, Jeremiah. I'm expecting it to be the ACL kit. I want you to eat a big bowl of pasta if you're wrong about this. We'll see. We'll see how this goes. Can it at least be Patrice's? <laughs> sure. Whatever okay. you want. Great. Um, I think that one more. This is not Austin FC news, but just one little bit. Uh, the U.S. national team is going to play a game in San Antonio on January 20th at Toyota Field. This is part of like Camp Cupcake, MLS guys, youth players. Um, are you going to go? I mean, I'm kind of interested in seeing like Austin, uh, not Austin, the U.S. national team play in a what, 8,000, 9,000 seat stadium? Yeah, I was going to say, I love the idea of them playing in this tiny park. I think that's so cool. And my hope for this, and I've said this a couple of times, is that dudes like Brad Stuver get a chance at a camp like this, right? Camp Cupcake is always the U.S., you know, uh B team, C team, uh, people they just want to like give a cap to. And I can't think of someone who deserves it more than our goalkeeper. But I realized that, you know, I'm pipe dreaming here. I'm a little, little homering, but that's okay. Cause like, how sick would that be to go down and see our it's, keeper playing for the U S men's national team? That would be so, yeah, it would be amazing. And to be able to do it like right down the road. So yeah, I'm, I will love to see it. I'll probably go and watch. I mean, we're kind of suckers for for games that are the games we can travel to that are kind of close by. Yeah. I've got a lot of like uh, I got a lot of emotion about the last time I went to San Antonio and watched a game. That's uh, fair. Being the U.S. Open Cup match a couple years ago, so <laughs> I feel like I'm looking to exercise some demons. Yeah, maybe get some redemption too. So yeah, I think it would be fun, and I think the move. I don't. Know if this is like a long term move to smaller stadiums for these kinds of matches, but it, like that makes sense. Like don't. Don't play in front of 8,000 people in a 30,000 seat stadium. Like, right. So they are playing, they are playing the Slovenian national team too. And since it's not an international window, is there a chance? You could have said John down there. Is there a chance that John Kolmanich's first like real minutes post surgery come in San Antonio? Do you think that's possible? I feel like if he was healthy, it's entirely possible. Right. Like it's not a FIFA window. So like how many Slovenian players are available? <laughs> are available. Yeah. You know, like you go down the list and you're like, okay, uh, all of our players are playing in European leagues. 
uh, why not? You know? So okay, I'm sold. You convinced me, Mike. <laughs> if he's healthy, I would be, I would be surprised, but not shocked if he were, if he were to be uh, named to the named to the squad for that. The Slovenian squad. Yeah. I mean, it's, it wouldn't be an un, uh, unprecedented, right? He's played. Yeah, he's he has played. Yeah. And he's played during FIFA windows. So like when they had other people available, he's been he's even been selected. Then, even with other options, they've 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 gone for him. Yeah. And uh, you know, we'll have Kellen Acosta as our fourth DP. And so it'll be great. Yeah, he'll like, be like... he'll be there from the US from the US side. Yeah, I like that you're like uh manifesting this into existence. I'm down with it. Listen, he's so cool. And uh Swoon Tower content would go through the roof with Kellen oh, with Acosta, absolutely. His style is so good. Jeremiah, let's read some ads and then get to this interview because I let's feel like if we do this anymore, we are going to do a full Swoon Tower interview. Uh and so I think Alex is the perfect cap to this episode. Absolutely. He's kind of swoony too in his content, so it works. Truth. Moon Tower Soccer is brought to you by Covert Ford. The Coverts have been meeting the needs of local car buyers for 114 years because of their service, financial expertise, and support after the sale. In addition to supporting car buyers, Covert's an important part of the soccer community and the official automotive partner of Austin FC. Let's talk to you again about a 2023 Mach-E with a 36-month lease at 10,500 miles a year. You can get this for $4.99 per month with $39.24 down plus your first payment. Stop number Two two three two four eight five. See the website for details. If you're in the market for a newer used vehicle, be sure to check out covertford.com. Also, honestly, like get that monkey already. Moon Tower Soccer is brought to you by Sage Wilson Realty. The team is made up of Austin experts who are client focused and have over 30 years of combined real estate experience in Austin. If you or someone you know are in need of Sage Real Estate advice in Austin, talk to our friends at Sage Sage Wilson Realty. Be sure to check them out online at sagewilson.com. All right, we are happy to be joined by Alex Franco, the host of Booker, Alex, and Audrey in the morning on Mix 94.7. And I think we can uh, frame this appropriately. An emerging Austin FC fan. How you doing tonight, man? Man, you know what? It's so funny. I if if you had asked me a year ago if I would be doing this like with you guys, I I, I never thought I'd be on y'all's podcast, especially talking soccer. You know, um, never thought I would be a soccer fan, and I am now. I, I, I'm sold, and I appreciate you guys taking time. I, I appreciate Jeremiah reaching out and wanting to have me on because I think I have a story that you know it's basically. I I owe, I I, owe, I I apologize to soccer back in March because <laughs> because basically well first I need to apologize to my friends my, my I have some really close friends that are big Austin FC fans and they've been since day one and ever since I came on board this March they think I'm the jinx why they did so bad this season and <laughs> and, and and rightfully so because a ton of t- I, I every team I kind of follow every team I'm involved with with uh, whether it be NFL baseball. Uh, call it they when I become a fan they go downhill you know what I'm saying so um so yeah so they think it, it's my fault so I want to apologize to them it's not my fault um uh and that they're jealous that I'm going to be on with you guys when I told them to be on they're like really I'm like well I got a story to tell man um so in a <laughs> tell nutshell, them to be guys, more in interesting nutshell, right 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 well here's the thing <laughs> 
I was that guy growing up that was like, so I grew up in El Paso, Texas, and a border town, and all of my boys played soccer. All my friends were all into soccer. I, they were, you know, high school soccer team, going to state. I never played soccer. I, I, I knew it. I did it. I played when I was a kid, um, but I just never did. And, and, and following, like, World Cup, following teams after, it was tough because I, like, growing up, the people that I surrounded myself, like, made me feel really stupid about when it came to soccer. Like, I didn't understand it. I had questions. And it was like they were in their own world. Like they had no time for me. It was I felt like honestly they were super snobby and not welcoming all at all. And I was like, well, screw you guys then. I was like, I don't want to be a part of it. And that's just how I've been. And that's how I was growing up. And I was just like, I don't want anything to do with soccer. And I was that guy that was like, oh, one zero. Woo, you know? I mean, everyone <laughs> knows that person. And I'm gonna admit, I was that person. I was that person, and then it took my nine-year-old son, who's nine now, just turned nine in September. He was not, he had, he, he didn't want anything to do with soccer. His sister was playing. Uh, he would sit in the wagon and just watch her and be on his iPad. And then World Cup happened in December. And he goes to a dual language school and all his boys, they play soccer. So that's all they were doing at lunchtime. They were just playing in recess, playing soccer. And he got, he got, he got the bug, man. And uh, so, you know, then we're getting up early and watching games or matches um, I'm still learning that. Can I say games or matches? I mean, like you, like but, we're we're very language ambivalent. Like you, yeah, whatever yeah. you want. Yeah, we're okay. descriptivists on this podcast. <laughs> okay, okay, okay. So we're we would get up watching matches and and you know and just it was just amazing. I mean, you know, the final. I mean, you know, you saw Argentina and it was like wow, like damn, like you know, and you saw the rating. It's like oh geez, this thing's bigger than life. Like this is the world, and it's like. I was like, okay, I'm in, I'm in. And then my son was like, let's go Austin FC action, but let's be a part of it. And I'm like, I'm in. So before that though, he got all into like Premier League and I'm like, oh damn, okay. And I was like, well, now I feel really dumb. I don't know anything about that. I'm going to roll with you. But here's the funny thing. He would wake me up every more, every weekend, like at 5 a.m. or 6 a.m. to go watch Premier League with him. And I, how do I tell my eight-year-old like, no, let me sleep. I'd be like, okay. And we'd go to the other room and we'd watch. And, and and thank God, thank God he picked Manchester City as his team. <laughs> <laughs> and the reason I say that is because I surround myself with teams that don't win for a very long time. And I did not <laughs> want him to go through what I went through. I was like, okay. I didn't know anything about Manchester City. So I'm watching. I'm like, damn, these guys are pretty good. Okay, okay. You know, and then he got hooked. I got hooked. And we both found ourselves waking up and watching this. Um, and I'm like, I'm in. And then, and then here's what got, this is, I'll, you, I'll never forget the moment. The first match I went to at Q2. And here's the thing. I've been in Austin forever. When, the, when, when, I mean, I remember when, so, so when Austin FC president was and Andy Lockname, right? Mm -hmm. Correct. Mm -hmm. He was making the rounds with doing press for the team prior to the team even being here. Nicest guy. Super cool. Um, we hit it off. He was cool. And he's like, you got to get to a match one day. I'm like, all right, I, I will, I will. I saved his number, you know, saved his card. Um, I never went, never went for the first two years. Um, the funny thing is, though, um, he, uh, <laughs> my wife's name is Andrea and her nickname's Andy. So I remember this happened last year. All This is kind of like the start of, the, uh, of our Austin FC adventure. Last year, I was sending my wife a text of some pants my, my son wanted for Christmas. I said, hey, Jake wants these. Here's the link. We should get them. I typed in Andy, and I meant to send it to my wife, but I sent it to the president of Austin FC. 
at 9.30 p.m. on like a school <laughs> night. And and I'm like, I was like, I asked my wife, I'm like, did you get the link? And she's like, no. Did you send it? I'm like, yes, I sent it. And then I looked at my phone. I was like, oh, my God. I was like, oh, my God. Oh, my God. I was so embarrassed. I felt like like a, like a 14-year-old girl, like in a boy. Like, oh, my God. Um, I, I didn't even go to your I didn't even go to your games. And here I am texting <laughs> you for pants. Dude, like, it's, I, here's the thing. I think this is never, I, I deleted it and I said, this has never happened. This, if it's not on my <laughs> phone, it didn't happen. And then I swear I hear ding and I'm like, Ugh. and I look at it and he texts back saying like, oh, those are cool pants, man. Uh, you should get them. And I'm like, <laughs> and ever since then, I was like, all right, this guy's pretty cool, man. This guy's pretty cool. Well, again, you know, of course, you know, being in media, you want to like try to get the freebie, like, hey, need some tickets. It's not, no, that's not how I roll. Like, I pay for everything. I'm, I, I'm never gonna, I, I, I hate asking for favors, stuff like that. And Andy did bring up, he's like, have you been to a match? And I'm like, no. And he's like, oh my God, you got to, I'm like, oh, I'm going to get to it. I'm going to get to it. So come March, my son and I, and my wife and my daughter, who's six, we bought tickets for the first game. And y'all, I kid you not. I remember. I remember. I remember when we parked and we walked in through the. Uh, I guess through the. What's that back end? Uh, not the front main entrance. Is it the north end or south end? What is it? Southwest that? there. The southwest entrance. Yeah, we were walking up, and my son's like, "Let's go when the gates open." I'm like, "Okay, it's gonna be early. It's gonna be dead. Whatever. I've been to sporting events. I know how this is gonna go." I, I guys, I walked through the gates and I looked around, and I can't make this up. I was like. Oh my God, this is freaking amazing. I mean, DJ going, fans are packed there. The lights, it's just like, oh my, I've never been in the Q2. And I'm like, oh my God. And no joke, y'all, I felt like love, like immediately. I seen the fans and seen everyone so happy and just, you know, it's the first home game of the season, their home match. And I'm like, I was like, oh my God. And at that moment, I said, I'm an idiot. I am, I'm an idiot for, for thinking like how I was thinking, like, ooh, one zero, ooh, soccer. Like, uh, like dude, I uh, literally apologized to soccer right then and there. And I said, how dumb have I been all my life? And this is amazing. And I've been hooked ever since. It's, I, I never thought as a grown adult that I could find something to get me so excited again. It, it, it's crazy. It really is. I love this story. I also love that you nailed my like my follow up question was going to be like, OK, cool. We we heard the story of you getting into uh, soccer now. Like, tell me about Austin FC. Uh, specifically, this year was a pretty tough one. Uh, what was it like being a new fan this year compared okay. to, you know, you, like you must have known, right, that 2022 we were really pretty good. Uh, what was that expectation okay. like? So the great, okay. So I'm going to tell you right now, that first game or first match, it's when Rudy scored, like, I guess the last minute and they won. And we, so, so here's the thing. So I know that, I know that, you know, every, I mean, everyone I talk to has season tickets. I, I kid you <laughs> not. They all have season tickets. So they have a friend or they share and it's like, okay, but I'm, I, I know there's a waiting list. But I wouldn't ever get season tickets because I feel like I, I mean, literally, I cannot go to every every game um, or every match. I, it's just it's impossible. And honestly, um, it's priced. The prices are amazing. I'm going to tell you, 
people complain about pricing at events. I've been to events where it is really expensive for food and beverage. I mean, I remember going to when AT&T Stadium opened up Jerry World and it was priced insane. A family of four, there's no way you could go to one or two games. That's it. Um, I try to get to as many as possible. I try, we, we, we try to go to once a month um, just because I want it to be something special for my family. I don't want my kids to think like it's there and just, oh, whatever, we're going to go. So we go for the experience. Like I w- will splurge for tickets for like we sat in the uh, which now I know is the family section. And I'll explain later how we found out is the family section for the players. Uh, I believe it's 118. So we sat first row. Um, and we paid, you know, it was like a, it was a hundred some bucks or a ticket. But this is the thing. We're not going every day, you know. Right. Uh, and I want my son to feel that energy be on, you know, the, the field, basically. Um, um, it was awesome. It was it was it was awesome. That feeling. I mean, when, when Rudy scored, it was like, damn, that was just it was so cool. And I'd never seen anything like it. And the stadium lights turned green and just everyone just hugging and just I'm like, damn, I'm like, this is love. And this is how sport is. This is. And I'm not saying that to say it because you guys are on, um, dude, it, it was awesome. So that being said, it wasn't a bad season for me. And I know people are like, <laughs> what? Because it was my first, you know, yeah, yeah. it was still good. And I'm still learning about the soccer thing. Like y'all, like my friends, when, when they get into it, my soccer friends, I, I laugh because, you know, you fall. I, I mean, I don't get into I don't, I don't want to get into all the politics. I don't want to get into transactions. I don't want to get into, I don't get into any of that. You know why? Because it's still fun for me right now. Like I'm having a blast because I'm not involved. Like I've been involved with other sports, sporting events, you know, or other teams where it's like, you know, what's going on with management. And I'm like, I don't want to be, I don't, I don't want that to happen with Austin FC. I like going and showing up and being entertained and then leaving happy or sad, you know, but here's the thing. I don't know. I don't know the good times just because I wasn't a part of it, but I, I did follow. Um, it blows my mind when my friends are complaining and I look at them. I'm like, dude, I'm like, do you realize this team is brand new? They're 2021. And you guys are already calling for Josh Wolf to be fired. I'm like, he just started. I'm like, guys, let's break this down. And, and again, hold on. Be, be, I know people listening or watching right now are be like, dude, like, <laughs> I, I get it. I get it. I get it. I don't understand a lot of soccer. I don't I mean, I don't understand how long coaches are here and there, but I do follow football. I follow college. I follow NFL. And, and after the first year of being okay, the second year being really good and a third year kind of down, I mean, you're not really calling for the head of a coach. You know what I'm saying? In that world. But I guess in soccer, it's completely different, but I don't know. <laughs> I mean, and this is one thing also is like, I don't want to get involved because I'm never going to say I know better than the front office or the coaches. You know, I'm not going to sit back and be that you should do this. No, no. Cause I don't know better. Cause if I did, I'd be coaching the team or I'd be the president <laughs> of the team. You know what I'm saying? Which I'm not, but it was fun still following. It was heartbreaking because, you know, you follow everything that's going on. The fans, uh, you, you know, you see what happens. You, they don't make the playoffs and it's like, damn, you know? Um, but it was still fun. It was a good ride, you know? Um, Again, everything, the experience, not the whole politics behind the scenes stuff, but the whole experience and being out there was just a blast as a new fan that didn't know anything other than that. Well, you so you mentioned this Maxi game a couple times. This story you told me, I think the first time that we met was about like your about your son reacting to maybe Maxi being gone. Do you want to talk about the emotion of a child and their favorite player? 
so, okay. So, <laughs> so it's so funny. So after that goal, you know, it's my son, you know, and I think everyone can remember, you guys can remember the first time something happened, that memory of like, Oh, so my son Jacob's first memory is seeing the first goal is a Rudy scoring. And after that, he's like, Oh my God, you know, that guy's so cool. I, I remember he had an appearance at a, at a Lexus dealership and uh, he was there with Rigoni and, and Pereira and, uh, and it was at 2.30 PM. I'll never forget. It was at 2.30 PM and my kids were at school and I was like, all right, guys, we're getting out early doctor's appointment. And I have no problem doing that. You know, I, I don't, here's the thing. I never did that as a kid. I never, that never happened. I didn't get those opportunities, but you know what? I want my son. I want my, I want my kids to always remember that kind of thing. You know, they were the only kids there. It was funny. I mean, Hey, you, you live once and what could you be possibly learning at two 30 PM in third grade or second grade? You know what I'm saying? Come on. Um, but, but Rudy, he loved, because here's the thing, not only that goal, but he met him and it was very funny because my kids go to dual language school and they're trying to learn their Spanish and they were completely like deer in the headlights when they met him because they were, they didn't know what they, the language barrier was like, uh, you know, um, it was well, and the language, the language they're learning is not Argentine Spanish, right? Which is like oh, a whole no. other level. Like, oh yeah. Oh, <laughs> they don't yeah. teach was, you that in Duolingo. They don't teach bro. you that in dual, dual, dual immersion school. Like, it was everything like times 100 miles an hour. Like <laughs> I even got lost and I know Spanish, you know, but I was like, uh, okay. So we just sat there, took a picture, smiled. But here's the cool thing. This is where, this is where I was like, damn, these guys, you know, they're really cool. These players are really cool. Like, so we would, wherever, whenever we would sit, whatever seats we got, you know, we would, we would always switch it up. We would get by the tunnel, you know, again, we would go for the experience, you know, it was the, uh, you pay a little more, but it's just what it was, you know? I mean, that's just what it was, you know? Um, my son would see, we would, I, I'm telling you guys, we get there when doors open and it was, a, it was, it made for a long day, but it was fun because you see the players come out and whenever Rudy came out, my son would yell, Rudy! Every time, every time, Rudy would turn around and wave to my son, no matter what. And I was like, that, and I was like, that's cool. And, 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 Here's the thing, like, I know there's a lot of, I, I've seen it with Austin FC players at these, like, meet and greets and stuff like that. Like, there's the parents that get involved and want to get in the picture and, you know, use the kids to get, it like, all close to the players and stuff like that. Dude, this is my son's thing. Like, for instance, we went, I guess, Ethan Finlay had a signing a couple weeks ago at, at the QT or the, the bookstore, or not the books, I say the bookstore, <laughs> the Veritas store. I'm all talking, like, college uh you, uh, my, I went to UTEP in El Paso and the bookstores were like all the athletic stuff was at like for sale. So they did signings there, um, at, at the, at the Veritas store. And, and it's funny because when it came time to take the picture, the person working at, at the Veritas store was like, you want to get in with your son? I was like, no, 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 I'm good. I'm good. And she's like, are you sure? And I'm like, yeah, but it was like very awkward. Cause it's like, you know, Ethan Finlay standing there and he's like with my son and like thinking, I'm going to get in the picture. I'm like, no, 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 no. You guys just go. It made me look like I'm not a fan, but I am. But I want my <laughs> son. I want this to be his thing. You know what I'm saying? I don't want to be involved. When he goes to talk to these players, when at the meeting greets, I don't want to go up. I want my son to do all the talking. I want him to feel like, you know, he has this connection. And and, and hear what he says. He blows me away. It blows me away sometimes. And I, I stand to the side and just let it happen, man. Because, I again, I just want him to have that experience. I mean, we're so lucky to live in this town with a professional team, with a team like Austin FC, where, you know, the fact that he can grow up and, if, and the fact that he loves that team so much, it's like, you know, the access that we have to these players and just, 
the stadium, just how cool everything is. It's just, I want him to do anything and everything he can just to have that experience. So when, so when we get older, we don't live with regret or what if, you know, I never want us to be like, man, what if I wish we would have done that? You know, I want to do everything like at a hundred percent, you know, when it comes to that with him. Um, For sure. But, Does he but have Rudy a face? But Rudy was one of his like, cause again, the, the wave, you know, every time. So when, when we heard a Rudy was leaving, um, it, it was crazy. I was driving him uh, home from school and I looked in the back and, and my son was like crying. And I was like, what happened? And he was like, I don't, <laughs> he was like, I don't want a Rudy to go. <laughs> and I was like, oh man. But I, and that's when I explained to him, I was like, you know, it was a good teaching moment of like, Hey, you know, um, players are going to come and go, man. That's just how this is, you know, and it's going to happen. And I, and, and I made him a promise and I regret it now. Um, but I said, wherever Rudy goes, if you want to see him that bad, we can go see him wherever he's at, you know? So, uh, he said, okay, cool. So, I'm hoping I, I don't even know where he's going, but I'm hoping we don't need a passport or anything yet because we don't have it for him yet. And I was going to say if he if he signs with Newell's old boys again, uh, you might be taking a oh. trip to Argentina. <laughs> oh man, I know, I know. But he he you know he he has his core. You know he has his core players and 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 uh, Brad Stuber was his day one. My son wanted to be a goalkeeper and uh, and uh, we met Brad a couple times and and that I mean that dude is as, as genuine as OG as it comes. Like, I mean, that was the first player we, he met, I met and I'm like, damn, it's like, it reminds me of like back in the day when uh, we were doing, when I was on, uh, when Brad Womack, the bachelor uh, here, lived here in Austin. And uh, this is like 2009 or something like that. And we had him on our show and, uh, and, and him and I ended up becoming friends. And it's, he was always so nice. He's, Oh, he's so nice. And it's like, you'd always be like, what's there's something weird what is what what he's too nice you know and it's crazy (laughs) because when people are so nice these days and they really are it's weird like there's something wrong you know what i'm saying it's like they cannot be just nice and that's what brad stuber was at least to us it's like anytime i bring up brad stuber you know everyone's like oh my god he did this he does this for the community i mean that's a good dude so i was like okay all right jake you're brad stuber good pick good person to like um but he did want to be goalkeeper and my son started playing soccer and uh I'm going to tell you right now, as a parent, it made me sick to my stomach watching him be a goalkeeper because it's so much pressure. Like, it was just like, ugh, it was nerves. It made me sick to my stomach all the time. It was like, I never would want to be president. I would never want to, out of the U.S., I would never want to be a head coach of somewhere. Uh, and I would never want to be a goalkeeper because it <laughs> seems like you get gray really fast and you're hated and you're loved within seconds. You know what I'm saying? Uh, you should yeah. listen to the interview we got to do with Brad's parents on Swoon oh. Tower, the the sister show, uh, where they talk about a lot of that growing up. You might be able to find some gems in there. Oh, it, I mean, seriously, it was it was it made me sick to my stomach. And then like, so my son's playing like in a rec league because um, he didn't know if he wanted to stick with it or not or try it out. So then there was this kid that's really good at goalkeeper, and I was like, thank God. Um, so my son, <laughs> so my son, changed positions. <laughs> He switched positions. And what's funny is when he, before he started in March, he just start. he, he never played soccer before. So he, he rolled up to this rec league. I mean, after world cup and all these kids were into it. Um, I'll never forget the coach asked him and I was off to the side. The coach asked him like, Hey son, um, have you played soccer before? Do you know how to play soccer? And my son said, no, but I learned it on YouTube. And I was like, Oh, you know, <laughs> I, I did that. And I'm like, Oh my God. 
But then afterwards, coach came to me and he's like, that's a good thing. That's a good thing that he's watched YouTube and he's watching this. And, and I told him that he watches Premier League. And, um, and I know everyone toots their horn about their kid. They're so great, this and that. My kid is not great. I mean, but here's the thing. Because I don't want to say he's great. And then people see him and he's like, he's not that great. Um, he can, he's watched so much like Premier League. He watches like MLS all day. He watches YouTube shorts. He can see the game completely different. So he wanted to play midfielder. And so coach asked him, he said, hey, who's your favorite player? Is it Messi or is it Ronaldo? And Jake said Messi because he likes to pass the ball and doesn't doesn't want to just score all the time. And I'm like, damn, who's this kid? You know, <laughs> um, my son wants to play midfielder, wants to get the ball to the strikers, wants to feed the ball to, to the kids on his team because – he said no one else has ball control like my like him and i'm like damn okay and coach said the same thing too i mean it's like I, like I, it's so funny like when when busquets came over to inter miami my son was like wanted the busquets jersey and i'm like who wants a busquets jersey bro <laughs> like no one i mean i'm like but he he loves his play and just that style and my son's long and linky and look if he sticks with it great but i mean I love the fact that he watches the game. And this is the thing. This is the thing where it goes back to Austin FC. My son's watching this game and he's just looking. And I want him to learn the game. Here's the thing. He's not going to be – and if he is, great. You know, I should never knock it. And, like, look, I hope he becomes a professional one day if he wants to. But let's just be honest. It's probably not going to happen. Um, but you know what? One day he could be a coach. One day he could be a part of a team and work for a team. You know, the fact that he sees it – like, I mean, I always said in the NFL – I would always, I, I never want to be a quarterback. I'd always want to be the backup quarterback because you see things differently. And then afterwards you have a longer career because you're going to be either a coach, an assistant, or you're going to be working in the booth. You know what I'm saying? Because you see things completely different. I mean, you're not in the heat of it. You're seeing everything go down in that position. So you like memorize the position, you know, it left and right, but you may not be the best at on the field playing it, but you know it and you can teach it to other people. So that's the thing. It's like, if this soccer thing doesn't work out for him and he doesn't end up being a professional player, Hey, all good. Cause he could be a coach if he wants to watch. He'll, he'll change and want to do a complete different career next time. But going back. So Stuver was one of his guys when he stopped playing keeper, he still likes Stuver, but he loves, um, loves Gallagher. And, um, and, uh, it was funny, man. We had a, uh, he bought a he bought an Irish flag or an Ireland flag, and uh, uh, his grandmother bought it from Amazon. And so we took it to the game, and uh, or we we went to one of the meet and greets at the at the, at the Veritas store, and uh, and my son uh, talked to Galhar, and he was like, "Hey man, um, I'm gonna have a flag at the at the next game. Look for me if you score." And and, and John was like, "Yeah man, all right, I'll, I'll look for your flag. You know, cool. Where are you sitting?" And my son said, "118." Um, okay, cool, cool, cool. So it turns out after the match, they had lost. I forgot what match it was, but they lost. I think it was the Seattle. Did they lose Seattle here at home? Probably. Off the yeah, top of my head, I can't remember. Yeah, uh, no, we, it was Seattle. We it lost a lot Seattle. of so games this year. No, it, so at the end of the match, we're hanging out. And my son, in that section, you know, all the kids go up to the rail to get autographs because the players go because I didn't realize the, the family of the players sit in that section. Um so my son's holding the flag and, and, you know, the players are talking on the field. And I, and I told my son, like, Hey man, I don't think they're, I don't think, I don't think these guys are going to come up. And I said, don't be sad if they don't want to come up and sign anything. You know, it was a rough game and you got to understand that, uh, you know, it, it just happens, you know, just if they're, you know, they're, you're sad, they lost. How do you think they feel, you know, inside too, they probably feel just as bad. And, 
they don't want to get up for, you know, taking pictures and signing stuff. And dude, I'm going to tell you, John Gallagher walked up to my son, saw the flag and, and, and like gave him a side hug and said, I, I saw you all game long. And I'm off to the side listening to this. And I'm like, Oh my God. I'm oh. like, and, and he's like sweaty hugs my son. And my son's like, dad, can you take a picture? I'm like, sure. Um, took a picture. And I'm like, Oh my God. I'm like this. I mean, these guys just lost. They got their heart broken. And then he comes up to go and do this. Like that just was, it meant the, as a father, that meant the world to me, just seeing the man do that. Just like that just made his year. And then the crazy thing is that so John Gallagher's like his wife and his parents were sitting behind us the whole time. And we had no clue. Uh, we found out when he went up to talk to him and we're like, Oh, and his dad saw the flag the whole time and loved it. And I'm like, Oh my God. Like, it's just weird. It's just the access and just how close it, it's just, it feels so good and so right. I don't understand how people could not be a fan of Austin FC, man. I mean, just those little moments like that, you know? All right. Well, let's, uh, let's wrap it up. So other than like, listen to Alex Booker and Audrey on 94.7 every morning, like what, 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 what closing thoughts do you have for us? Well, it's funny. The, the, um, the, well, I will say this. I will say this. So two things. Number one, the whole the whole Josh Wolf thing. Um, I, I, I know there's the movement to get rid of him. I know that there's people that give him a chance. Um, I met him before the season started. And this is funny, guys. So I was at a at an event. My wife uh, was it's some St. David's event that was at Q2 before the season started. And it was downstairs in like the... Uh, I guess uh, what's that little meeting area? I I I don't have access to it because that's like too hardcore. Oh, the Q two like the Q two field club thing. Yes, right? yes, yeah. yes, yes. So it was in the field club, and so the coaches were there. They were doing a little like Q and A with with a couple people. It was like thirty or forty of us there, and there were centerpieces all set up like flat, big flower centerpieces in in that whole area. And uh, and my wife. Um, uh, is a fan of taking the centerpieces at the end of events um, because <laughs> she says that they she she tells me they're going to throw them away anyways. We should take them home, and I'm like, that's so embarrassing. No, stop doing that. But but guess who has to carry them out? I do. So we any event we go to, I'm in their centerpieces, floral arrangements. She's taking them, and I'm carrying them out. But then it starts everyone taking a centerpiece. So. There were centerpieces in the in the lower level. So at the end of the event, my wife's like, go get that one over there. I'm like, oh, my God, are you serious? So I walk up to go get one, and I turn to the left, and I kid you not, Josh Wolf's wife is making him take a centerpiece. <laughs> I stopped and looked at him, and I'm like, hey. I'm like, are you taking that centerpiece? He's like, yeah. And I'm like, is your wife making that? He's like, yeah. And I'm like, mine too. <laughs> and we just started dying laughing, and my wife was like, can I get a picture of you two holding the centerpieces? I was like, please do. So on my Instagram, you got to dig deep. And I completely forgot about it. But like I think a little bit before March, there's a picture of myself and Josh Wolf holding the centerpiece. And I'm like, that guy's my guy. Again, it has nothing to do with soccer. <laughs> the fact that my, my guy is taking a centerpiece with me. I'm going down in flames. He's going down too. I'm like, we got each other's back, bro. We got each other's back. That might be the best reason to be Wolf in of all time. I mean, it's a safe. I mean, how do you, I mean, you know what I'm saying? There's no political, no nothing behind it. It's just like, hey, man, why you yep. like Josh Wolf? I oh, take centerpieces from events, bro. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you guys for having me on, man. I really, really appreciate being a part yeah, of it. Thanks, Alex. I loved it. It was, it was a delight. 
Yeah, this has I been love, awesome, man. Thank you. I love sharing the story with you guys. Thank you guys so much. I love what you do for the community. All right. Thanks, man. Have a good night. Later, guys. What a good interview, Alex. Like, thank you so much for being on the show. We really appreciate you spending your time with us, telling those stories, uh, giving us a little look into your family life. Yeah, like Mike said, like, who knew the radio guy could talk? But uh, there we were. <laughs> it was great. Yeah, I, I loved guess, it. Yeah, we should have we should have known uh, ahead of time that this would be a super enjoyable, really fun interview. But uh, yeah, here we are. Uh, check out the show notes. Uh, we will link to his Instagram if I can find the picture of him. Oh, he's he's texted me the Instagram link, so I'll be sending. I'll I'll send those to you so it's over. So we've got him. But yeah, there's a picture of him and his son is John Gallagher. And then one of him and uh, Claudio and Josh after stealing the centerpieces from an event. Yes, perfect. Uh, and we have come to the end of the show. And so I want to, first of all, thank Jeremiah and Landon for letting me get called up to the big leagues again here. You know, um, I was joking that I'm riding the bus between the minor leagues with Soon Tower and the major leagues up here with Moon Tower. And it really... It's been fun to be on a two-way contract the past couple of weeks. Uh, so if you've liked the show, reminder, uh, rate, review, subscribe, wherever you get your podcast. Every single one of them counts and helps our audience grow and exposes more people to the club. If you didn't like the show, uh, rate, review, and subscribe with five stars uh, and say that Landon is a better host with Jeremiah than right. I. <laughs> there you go. Uh, but if you want to continue the soccer con uh, conversation, check us out on Twitter at Moon Tower Soccer. Uh, tell Landon directly at LVAHero87 to stop taking vacations. Uh, and Jeremiah, where can people get to you? I'll say jbentley underscore ATX on Twitter, on Instagram. And I'm I'm joining you on this threads commitment, Mike. And I, I think I said this last week. And then I liked a couple threads, but I didn't post any. But I'm I'm here. I like threads. Yeah. Uh, find me at future X skeleton all across the internet threads, blue sky, wherever I, I have a blue sky account. I don't know how to use it. So, um, if someone sets up an Austin FC feed on blue sky, tag me on it so that I can see it. Uh, and I'll start following stuff there. Yeah, uh, there we go. <laughs> also sign up for the Patreon. Uh, helps us continue to do this show we're going to be asking folks to help us put together the uh member packets for next year um and you got a lead on those wrestling those wrestling dolls yet <laughs> we, we haven't found it yet wow no no wow. not yet and then uh we've mentioned it on this show we mentioned it every week uh in like in the show notes and in the research but check out phil west substack uh, we believe there's still 20 percent off at verdeallday.substack.com slash moon tower Take us home, Mike. You know I don't know the ending to this. Uh, every time Landon does it, I let him do it because it just says, thanks so much for listening. We'll be back next week with the latest in Austin FC news. Until then, dot, 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 dot. And I don't know what comes after the dot, dot, dot. I'm Landon Cottom. Oh, wait, I'm Jeremiah Bentley. And I'm Mike Craniola. <laughs> we'll catch you next time. When no one is around... Beautiful. If it
Thank for nothing, you never. La gente. Oh my god.